You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Quick update on Kenny Pickett. I think that the media, some people are locally and nationally, <clears throat> have their reasons for not wanting him to be good or, or just doubting him supremely. I think we've gone over those reasons before. I think locally a big reason some of the national media is uh, – locally the national media is – now I think locally the local sports media, um, some of them here, uh, a large number of them frankly, are way overcritical is because he played a pit. And they don't really like the fans and they think the fans are all behind him because he played a pit. And that's just not true. If the fans are behind him, it's because he played and, and they saw him. But it's not because he went to pit. I think less than half the football Steeler fans in this city, or, or nas- certainly nationally, even give a shit about Pitt. So when they talk about the fans being behind Pickett, I mean, certainly more in the Pittsburgh area do than anywhere else. But remember, Steelers are a national brand. They have a huge fan base all over the world, actually. Um, but locally, too, I, I think less than half the Steeler fans in the Pittsburgh area or Pitt fans. So I don't think that's it. I really just think they, uh, A, they like number one picks. B, they like they like a Pitt player picked, even if they don't care about Pitt because it's cool, it's local, uh, a local college, you know, and they like that. It's a nice story. It should be a feel-good story. It should be a great story. But they're turning it into something ugly, like they're making it, let's get the fans, let's battle with the fans. And it's just ridiculous. So I don't like that. And I think, so I think as a result, they're being way, way too critical of a rookie quarterback. And I've said this before. I also think nationally people are being way, way too critical of him because they just didn't believe in him. I mean, nationally, again, nationally, they don't respect Pitt. And I do think the college you're playing at and the conference you're playing in affects some, some people, you know, it affects the way they look at people. Um, now, certainly some of the greatest quarterbacks played at small colleges, played in shit conferences. So, you know, they should know better. But the point is they don't, okay? For all their blabbering, the national sports media don't really know better. And I think that they fall back on their prejudices, their pro-SEC or, or pro-Big Ten prejudices on the, on the regular. And, um, and Pitt has just seen way, way worse of a, of a school for – producing NFL talent than it actually factually is. It's actually quite a good a producer of NFL caliber talent, you know? And a lot of people out there, I remember when, when my uh, aunts, my, when my one uncle married to my dad's sister, was just blown away years ago uh, when he found out Dan Marino went to Pitt. Because, you know, he became such a superstar in the NFL, and he just, he went to Pitt. No, he didn't go to Pitt. No way. He just didn't even believe that he went to Pitt. Because Pitt's Pitt, you know, Pitt's just Pitt. There's no way Dan Marino went to Pitt, you know. So it's, it's nationally, I think there's a bit of that. But I, I don't think that's the majority of it. I think the majority of the reason they're coming down, I think, too hard overall on Pickett nationally is because they didn't like this quarterback class, you know. They, they get all in, all these talking heads in the NFL get all into the draft. They have to. It's part of their job. And they studied all these quarterbacks. And, you know, it was widely, all the hot shots were widely in agreement that this, 
this wasn't a very good class and that even if Pickett was the best of the bunch, he would have been in the prior year's draft. He'd have been the last one picked. He would have been a second rounder and all this crap, you know. They say all this crap, and every year they say crap, and every year they're wrong. And, 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 and you know what they're really wrong about more than anything? The people they think are so great that are going to be great. The people that are like slam dunk superstar quarterbacks, they're the ones that these prognosticators are extremely bad at picking. And then they just go, oh, it's a grab at all. Nobody knows. But then they turn around and bury Pickett before he even starts because they just say, oh, he was not that good. Oh, his arm strength, arm strength, hand size, hand size, arm strength, arm strength, hand size, hand size. That's another thing. I'm seeing way too many people now like acknowledging, stating he doesn't have the arm strength. Now, what I said in one of my last podcasts is jury's still out on whether or not he has a deep ball throwing line. And what I by deep ball, I mean like beyond 15 yards, 20 yards or more, uh, you know, accurately on a rope, 25 yards down a field, 30 yards down a field without throwing a bomb, you know, without like heaving it up, without it being someone running a go pattern, an actual pattern, crossing pattern, something slant deep downfield. You know, I don't know what I guess that's a crossing pattern. <laughs> A hook, a slide, a sandwich. I don't know what they're called, okay? Whatever the fuck they're called. More of those deeper passes and him hitting them in stride and throwing them before they turn and they turn in the balls are, guess what? We've seen him do it. He's done it in the preseason. He's done it this year. But he, but, but he has been less accurate at it. His accuracy escapes him more when he goes downfield. He was extremely inaccurate this last Sunday. And so the question is, does he have the arm strength to be accurate on the deeper balls? I submit still the answer is absolutely yes because I saw him do it. I saw him do it. I know it's in there. So to me, it's not – this talk about his arm strength is getting on my nerves because uh, he doesn't have the strength of, the, you know, the huge big arm. But he can throw it 60 – he can throw it as long as you need to throw it in the NFL. Put it that way. He has an arm that is strong enough to throw it hard and on a line and deep enough. Anything you need in the NFL with the strength of an arm, he can do it. Okay? He's done it. And everyone that I trust that's you know not weirdly slanted against him has said as much, has said he's made all the throws you need to make in the NFL that's on tape. He has done it, okay, at the college level, at the college level. But, I mean, they're the same. You can watch the throw. It's the same play, same – you can watch a weak throw. It's a football. You throw it, okay? <laughs> you watch it. You see. You can tell. So he, he makes it. He's made it in practice. He's made it in games sometimes. So question is, will, will he be able to do it consistently? I submit yes, but I will say that after Sunday's game, him having a little bit off day, I'm still leaving 5% out there that maybe he's just not going to put it together that way uh, on the deeper balls in the NFL. We'll see. But I, I, I don't believe that. And I really hate, I mean, 95% of me doesn't believe that. And I really don't like all the people listing his arm strength as like a weakness and a bad thing. They're all like admitting it now, like agreeing with it. And I just think they're all going to look like idiots once he starts rifling passes down the field with accuracy in the coming games and years. They're going to just, you know, look like buffoons. And they'll, they'll forget that they even questioned his arm strength and they'll forget the whole thing. But here's the real thing I wanted to say. Here's what happened Sunday in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I don't have any evidence of it. But I'm seeing talk this week that Steelers gave Kenny Pickett an office at the facilities so he can be there 
you know, late and long hours studying film and going over things. And they want to give him a comfortable location to do that. So they actually cleaned out an office, got him a whole office to do that. I think that's great. But what it also told me is that this two weeks prior to the game on Sunday against New Orleans, the Steelers were on a bye week. That was two weeks they had time to do what with Kenny Pickett? Study, 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 you know? And at the end of the last game, prior to the bye, when we got our ass kicked to Philadelphia or whatever, uh, or was that, I forget, what was the last game? Was that the Philadelphia game? Anyway, he said, we need to study more. He said that, Kenny Pickett. So I combined that with the fact that, um, you know, obviously with that time off, they want to, they want to, put more of the offense in for him and get him more fine-tuned and work on things combined with um, the fact that I the report came out, they gave him an office. And all of that says to me, and combined with the fact they had two weeks, and combined all of that says to me that I bet you, right, the Steelers, Matt Canada, you know, spent a lot of time in that two weeks really showing him tapes, showing him coverages, working on trying to get him to throw deeper. Because I think everyone can agree from the five games, partial games, four of total games that he had played prior to the New Orleans game. Um, he wasn't, he had a great completion percentage, seventh in the NFL going into Sunday. Um, currently nine still, by the way, currently still ninth in the NFL in completion percentage. This guy who's so inaccurate, who has terrible arm strength and tiny hands and Somehow he's got the ninth best completion percentage in the whole fucking league. But anyway, it was seventh going into that game. But the partially, partially that was because he was throwing so short, you know. His average yards per attempt is currently, I think, at six point six. I think it might be 6.0. It's like near the bottom. I think only two are worse. I mean, it's terrible. All right. So and that's even after Sunday where it was, what was it, like 6.6 Sunday or something like that. Still not very good, but better, getting better. So I, I, I fully believe that going into that New Orleans game and during that two weeks, one of the things the Steelers were trying to work on with Kenny Pickett was getting him to throw, look for, find, and throw more downfield. You know, I think that uh, his high completion percentage was a factor of him doing the Ben stuff. The same shit Ben did the last couple of years, which is not going to win you many games. The dink and dunk shit. And the only reason we won some games last year is the defense was way better. OK, than it's been this year. And uh, Najee last year was way better uh, than he has been so far this year. And yeah, okay, in a couple games, it's way overstated by the media and, and fans. In a couple games last year, old, washed-up, lousy Ben, who stunk last year. Look, he wasn't that bad, but put it this way. It, it served no purpose to have him come back. He wasn't Ben anymore, and he, and he was barely adequate. And actually, he was below average, okay? And he wasn't any good. And um, he was just eh. And there, why would you bring back an eh? quarterback when you've got Mason Rudolph and you need to find out more about him and you need to move forward with your organization. It was a dumb move, okay? So they made the dumb move of bringing, bringing him back. And okay, there was probably a couple games, two games. That's all I'll give him. We're, we're in the fourth quarter. He, he, Ben, not the team won it in the fourth quarter or made a comeback, which is what they say. But Ben actually made some impressive plays as a quarterback in the fourth quarter and pulled out a win that... We otherwise would have lost because why? Because he stunk the whole rest of the game. 
because Ben stunk through the first three and a half quarters. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he comes up off the, the mat and makes a play or two, and we win. Okay, yeah, he did that a couple times last year. Not enough to make him me want to keep him um, at all. But my point is, and otherwise, he looks like he looked last year, like pretty much like Kenny looks now. Now, who would you rather have? A rookie first round pick looking like Ben last year with the future ahead of him, or Ben like he looked last year, knowing that he might pull the game out one or two or three tops in the fourth quarter for you still. But otherwise, he looks like Kenny Pickett, but he's an old washed up guy that needs, is getting close to retiring. Who would you rather have in there? It's not even close. Absolutely, you want to move on and get the rookie in there. So, my point is. Good riddance to Ben. I loved him when he was good. He sucked his last year and a half. Complete shit. And uh, it was more than time for him to go. And when he ripped his arm out, he should have never come back. That should have been the end of his career right there. But whatever. I digress. The point, the point is this. Uh, they, they didn't want Kenny Pickett, their, their number one draft pick, to be the same dink and dunk quarterback as you know, lousy Ben, washed up Ben. So they, they, they spent the two weeks prior to this New Orleans game saying, okay, we got to get you being more like the young stud that you are and that you are going to fully evolve into. And we got to get you looking for these receivers downfield more and, and making the throws. But guess what else they did? And this is the key. They also said, you have eight interceptions. And they also said, we know you're a gunslinger at heart and you, you, you take chances. We've seen it. And, and they said, we know that half your interceptions aren't your fault. They were flu- fluky, weird, crazy, tipped balls and weird shit. But still, you have eight interceptions. And even if you take those four away, you have four interceptions. And two of them were pretty bad in, the, in that Miami game. In the course of him being a gunslinger and looking quite good, he made a couple bad throws. So what they said is, we're going to let you go more. We're going to take the reins off a little bit more. We're going to encourage you to throw deeper more often and to look deeper. But, you know, when you, we were doing that at the end of that Miami game, you you made a couple of big mistakes there and, you know, that's what happens to young quarterbacks when they get in the gunslinger mode. They're not ready yet to read the defense appropriately to throw the balls. They make throws they can't quite make. make. You know, their, their arm or their head caches checks their arm can't cash or their head, their head signs checks their arm can't cash or whatever. Yeah. So they get into trouble sometimes and they miss, they don't see things and all that because they get a little too you know, shooting from the hip. And they're not quite smart enough yet or in the game enough yet to to do that fully and be great at it without fucking up. So the Steelers know this. So they want to take the reins off him and they want to get him firing downfield more, but then they also are afraid because they've seen him that he's a gunslinger. And so what they did is they told him, but if you ever have any doubt or if you're holding the ball and you can't find anybody you know, move a little to your side and throw it away. Whatever you do, throw the ball away or, or misfire intentionally and throw it over someone's head down the field or whatever. If you have any sense you're going to get sacked or you have any doubt you're going to throw an interception, throw it away instead of forcing it because the worst thing is a, is a turnover. It's way worse than an incompletion. You'll live to fight another day if all you do is throw it away. You know, and you won't lose yardage on like you would on a sack, and you won't turn it over if you like you would on an interception. So please, just throw it away. And then they also told him, and use your legs, and use your legs. If you're looking and you can't see anything, don't ever panic. You're just always be aware of the fact that you can always run the ball and you can get out of there and you can make moves. So I guarantee you that they drowned, they drubbed it into him in this two week period prior to the the. At the same time, the Steelers were telling. 
Kenny Pickett to throw downfield more and look downfield more. At the same time, every time they said that or showed him that, they also reminded him, throw it away or run, throw it, throw it away or run. Because they didn't want him fucking up. Because, look, let's be honest, you and I agree, everyone knows, nothing is worse in, in the game of football than uh, a sack. I mean, there's just, when you get sacked, you ruin the whole possession. I mean, it's very, very rare that an offense can overcome a sack. Sacks are so valuable because, you know, whatever down it is, even if it's first down, you can turn a first and 10 into a second and 18. Then what? Well, you got to throw short or, or try a trick run on second down, and you know it's going to be third and long. I mean, it's just like the odds of it being third and long now are almost guaranteed because of a first down sack, let alone a second down sack. A second down sack is a third and long, right? I mean, it creates a third and long. No matter what second down was, you now have a third and long. And of course, a sack on third down and you're punting. So so sacks are just really a big... If you're an offense that needs to try to move the chains and sort of play within yourself, and, and you're not really a big play offense like the Steelers haven't been yet this year consistently, you, you can't afford to get in second and longs or third and longs, and that's what sacks do to you. So for every bit they were trying to get him to look downfield and throw it off field more, they were definitely saying, don't take a sack, don't take a sack. And so don't take a sack means what? It means run out of there or throw it away. Run out of there or throw it away. And then they also were saying, don't throw an interception, don't throw an interception. If you don't like what you see, throw it away or run out of there or throw it over the receiver's head. I mean, you don't even have to throw it out of bounds. Throw it to somewhere where they ain't. Okay, so what happened on Sunday? He got in that game, and he thought too much. What do you hear athletes all say all the time? They say the whole way you become great in any pro sport especially, but in any sport, is to get to that place where you can let your mind go, and it knows, and you just you let your body take over, and your natural athletic ability gets to rule because your instincts are your mind now. You're not playing just on instincts. You're playing with your brain, but you've practiced it so much and you've learned it so well that it now becomes the things you see and know and understand are now instinctual. And so your body and your athleticism and your movements are like spontaneous. It's not spontaneous. It took a tremendous amount of work and learning. Here's a perfect analogy. I, I can tell you this as a musician. It's exactly like learning to play an instrument. It's exactly like learning to play guitar or piano. You have to practice it and practice it. And at first you're thinking. So you can't really, and even when you learn it and can technically play a piece correctly, you don't have any cool style or heart or passion or sound that shows the music, really. You're just kind of technically playing the notes. Why? Because you're still thinking too much. You're thinking where to put the fingers, how to pick it. You're thinking. You have to learn the physical process of playing the instrument. But once you practice it and practice it, it just becomes secondhand. And then you can move. You don't have to look down. You don't even have to look where you're putting your fingers. You know they're there. You learned it by heart. You can close your eyes. You can feel the music. Now, all of a sudden, when you touch that string, you can do vibrato. You can start wiggling it, doing that. You can bend the strings. You can pick it with more style and panache. You're listening to the music now. You're not just trying to hit the right notes. Now you're hearing the way the notes sound and you're playing to make them sound a, a better way and you're hearing the music and playing everything technically with your heart and with your soul and with the passion you feel and the music you're playing it becomes like your voice now you're singing 
Now you can control it like you control your own singing voice. It, you have that much of a command over the technical and physical aspect of playing the instrument. Now, I've never gotten that good at any instrument, but I know that's the, the goal, and I understand that can happen. And there have been little things I can learn to do where I do get that good. They're simple things. There are simple things I've learned to play on guitar where I can be passionate and do them good because I know them like the back of my hand. But I've never gotten good enough to play the harder things, the more challenging things that way. And that's what the great guitarists do. They learn all the, the technical things like like it's nothing and then they let their passion go and suddenly it's like a great singing voice it's like someone suddenly has this fantastic singing voice only they're singing through the guitar and anyway that's what athletes do they have the physical abilities most of these guys right they it, they just have to learn to let them flow and let the in kenny pickett's case let the throws and the movement and when to run and when not to run and and, and, and where to, when to toss a ball spontaneously and when to tuck it and when to take a chance, when to take a sack and when to not, when, when, you know, and, and all those things. You, you, have to, you have to learn them technically, but then you have to do them enough and practice them enough so that you're not thinking. So that, you, yes, your brain's looking, you're going through your progressions, you're, you understand that you're reading the defense, but it's happening like, like it's second nature. And then you just let your physical attributes play like you know like you're playing the violin and then the beauty and the amazingness comes out and it's like boy it makes it look so easy you know every time you see those great players whether it was uh mario lemieux or sydney crosby in hockey for the pittsburgh penguins for example or um even people like uh, who am i thinking of jason matthews who shot you know, for college hoops for Pitt, he had a great three-point shot. Well, guess what? He practiced all the time. He shot hoops all the time. These guys practice and practice and practice. You know, they're always practicing because that's how it looks so effortless and like they're not even thinking about it and like they don't even know. That's how it flows so naturally. So what Pickett is doing here, folks, and why he looked looked bad on Sunday. Why he suddenly looked like, wow, suddenly the guy that was six in the NFL in, in, in accuracy and completion percentage looked like he couldn't hit the side of a barn with these half these throws. What's going on? Well, part of them he was throwing away intentionally. There was one ball, I hear all the media taking him down like he threw a terribly inaccurate pass to Fryermuth cutting over there. Dude, it's clear when you watch the tape. He saw him, he was going to throw to Fryermuth and he realized, oh, holy shit, there's three guys there. And so what did he do? He oversailed everybody on purpose. He threw it away in, on, in the field of play because too late he realized it was a terrible decision to be going there. And so he, he used the strategy that he used too much, frankly, last week, which is throw it away, throw it away. When in doubt, throw it away. That's why he sailed several of his passes last week. We're just like, what? Where was he throwing that? He was throwing it away. He was intentionally throwing it away, even in the field of play. And then, of course, there were the ones he intentionally threw out of bounds. Yes, we, we know those. But no, and everybody knows when they throw it away in the end zone, they admit, okay, that one sailed way out of the end zone. He was throwing it away. But I'm talking about like the sideline pass on third down from third and goal from the 20 in the beginning of the first, second half. He threw that ball away. 
That's why he didn't throw it to that guy. He thought it was, at the last second, he thought it was going to be a pick six the other way. He was wrong. I don't think it would have been. But so he he just said, nope, nope, and threw it away. That's why it was a wide. And it looked like, whoa, shit, was that a lateral? Because he could have been screwed by the way he threw it away. But it wasn't a lateral. But he threw that away, folks. So look, why? Why was he missing throws when he wasn't under pressure and throwing them away? and Because he was too afraid of interceptions or sacks. And did he run too soon or run himself into trouble? A couple times. Yes, he did. A little bit on Sunday. Yes. Why? Because he was too afraid of sacks. Where his eyes sometimes looking around him and not downfield. Was he looking you know, too much around his surroundings? A few times, yes. Why? Because they drowned it into him for two weeks all about that. They took the reins off more, but put into his head a lot more of the fear and what to do in case of fear, run. What to do in case of fear, throw it away. So what happened? He started to throw downfield more. His his average yards per attempt went up to 6.6. It was one of his best games, probably his best game all year in terms of that stat. He threw some big plays. He got the 38-yarder to, to DJ, you know, and he had, he had an, at least one other throw that was nice fired downfield. It, but guess what? He there's a price to pay for that right now. They taught him, they're teaching him, and and we're we're suffering with it, which is being overly cautious, running too often, fearing the sack too much, uh, th- overthrowing balls too much. Okay, so it's a natural thing. Now, what, what's going to change it? The more he studies, and the more he works the anxieties out, and the more he practices, and I don't mean in practice. That kind of shit is game time stuff. You have to be under siege having a pressure coming at you with a real legitimate fear of an interception. The only way you're going to learn how to fire it downfield with confidence in the right situation and not throw a pick is to try or not try and practice it. Practice, practice. And the only way you're going to learn more often how to take a sack, not take a sack and all that when you're trying to go deeper, when you're giving them more time to get to you. See, that's what people don't understand. There were six sacks, yeah, because you ran into them a little, but also because they – they were getting in there by then because he was looking downfield more, you know, and, and did he hold the ball a little long? Yeah, a couple times. But the point is, that this is a natural progression. When you get the guy trying to throw deeper, he's going to hold the ball a little bit too long sometimes. He's going to run a little bit early too sometimes. He's going to overthrow balls on purpose, all to avoid sacks and interceptions. And, and the more comfortable he gets in reading those situations and understanding them, then he'll let his body take over in his arm, and suddenly it'll be the gunslinger again, but it'll be brilliant. And he'll make those throws downfield and throw touchdown passes like a gunslinger, and it'll come to him. But first he has to study and learn and then take it into practice and be thinking too much. That's what happens. Just like playing the guitar. You're not going to suddenly go, okay, I'll learn it, learn it, learn it. Okay, now let's try it. And I'll be like Sammy Hagar, who I hated. It just came to mind. Please forgive me for mentioning his name. A better guitarist than him. Someone else who's better. <laughs> I don't know. Carlos Santana, Santana. Another guy I hate. Another terrible example he is because I hate him. But whatever. You know when I'm getting it. Oh, Jimi Hendrix. I didn't hate him. Okay. Yeah, so he's not going to suddenly study, 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 and then be Jimi Hendrix. Okay. He's going to study, 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 go in, and then show that he hasn't learned well enough yet to assimilate all the studying with the physicality. That's the practice part. And unfortunately, it's just true that practice, the only way you can practice against 
hostile rushers, not the fake rushing in practice where they're not going to touch you, hostile rushers that are going to give you a concussion or hurt your ankle like he's had happen to him this year, you know? You got to have hostile rushers in there because they instill legitimate fear and anxiety. You've got to have the real, not, you know, your own guys that will pick off the pass in practice in a meaningless situation. Guys that are literally going to intercept you and maybe take it to the house and cost you the game or intercept it and cost you from getting in the end zone and cost you the game like happened in Miami. So uh, these, these are the situations you need to practice under. And so what he's going to be doing now that they're taking the reins off more, they're getting them to practice more to be a big league superstar quarterback now, okay? And that's going to come with the growing pains now are going to be about him holding the ball too long him running a little too soon and him throwing away a lot of passes so that he doesn't throw picks and so that he doesn't take sacks, okay? That's my story. I'm sticking to it. That's what's going on here. Because you know what I don't like? Matt Williamson, a guy I, I, I still sort of respect, but he was really excited about Kenny and in his corner, but after this game Sunday, he just tore him to shreds, and now he's acting like these negative things he did Sunday are who he is. I don't know why, but he's acting like I'm very concerning, his eyes are this. He holds the ball. He runs himself into trouble. <laughs> like, that's who he is all of a sudden. It's like, Matt, hello? Why? I'm not a scout. He was a scout for a couple of years. Why am I 100% smarter than him on this issue? I don't know. I like the guy a lot. But the fact is he's making money on stuff, and I should be making the money. Because what I just said is what happened Sunday. He did those things, Matt, yes. But don't be concerned about them. Because why? Because he wasn't doing them before. What do you have, a fucking... Memory of a, of a, of a, a child, a two-year-old, or, or, or a 90-year-old man? Where's your memory, Matt? Because the guy wasn't running too soon. He had great pocket awareness. This year, were you watching? He, he could fire the ball accurately into tight windows. He's done it this year, okay? And, and you know, I don't understand the things he's accusing him of now, like he's worried, like that's who he is. You know, like he, he looks like someone who's running, you know, doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket. He's no good in the pocket. He's been very good in the pocket this year already. And oh, by the way, he was very good in the pocket at Pitt too for a number of years. He got better as he went along. He wasn't always great. But he has proven already to you, if you're watching the Steelers, and to me who watched Pitt and the Steelers, he if these problems we saw on Sunday, that's not who he is, Okay. He is not that guy. That is a guy learning, learning the NFL, learning how to read things, learning how to throw deeper now, and, and worrying while he's learning about big mistakes, sacks and interceptions, and trying to institute techniques to get away from sacks and interceptions while trying to throw deeper down the field, okay? And, and trying to read the patterns deeper. Yeah, he missed guy, open guys. Because he was afraid. It's all a cycle. We get it. Don't you get it, Matt? Yes, these things that happened Sunday. He missed open men. He ran too soon. He's, they took the reins off him, and he's working on things that are going to turn him now into a stud, okay? What he's working on now and what he's going to keep working on the rest of the year are the things that are going to really elevate his game. He was like, okay, before. He looked had promise, and he looked pretty good with his completion stuff. And the interceptions were troubling, but most half of them were, were fluky, weird stuff. So you thought, oh, he looks pretty good. Now you're like, oh, my God, he looks terrible. What happened? What happened? What happened is they're trying to make him better. <laughs> they're trying to make him better, and what's going to happen at first with that is he's worse because that's how it is. When you try another example, guitar, 
I can play chords. Sound great. Okay, now let's make you better. Let's make you a lead guitarist. Let's take the chords away, the simple chord progressions, and let's get you playing some licks. Then I come out and I play guitar and I'm playing that stuff, the licks, and everyone goes, boo, boo, you suck, you suck. Why? Because I'm not as good at that yet. Because to be a great guitarist, you got to play the licks. Sure, I got real good at the easy stuff, and I looked like, oh, he's a promising guitarist. He looks pretty good on the chords. But then they had it, if I'm going to be a great guitarist and really play with the big boys, I got to learn the licks. Well, when I go out and practice the and finally get an opportunity to play the licks after some practice, not a ton, but some, in front of the crowd, I'm not very good. I'm not very good, am I? No, because I'm going to have to keep playing them longer because that's the hard stuff. So that's what happened. That's that's what happened on Sunday. They're 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 trying to get Kenny now to escalate his es, uh, escalate, elevate. That's the word I wanted. They're trying to get Kenny Pickett to elevate his game to the harder shit, to the stuff that's going to make him a star now. And to do that, that he has to also work on the ways to avoid tragedy <laughs> in those situations, and put it together. And and he's not. He didn't look very good at it Sunday. But he'll look better. Trust me. It's practice, practice, practice. The guy can do it. The guy is smart enough and the guy is good enough talent-wise to do this. It's just going to take more practice, more exposure, more learning. I believe that 1,000%. And I'm just surprised that someone like Matt Williamson, who was on board with him and excited about him, suddenly, because he had a bad game when he was clearly trying to do more than he ever did before, that suddenly... Uh, he, he doesn't have it and he's starting to worry like that he's limited and he's not the one. I just think that was a really overly quick and depressing uh, flip-flop and waffling by Matt Williamson. And uh, I'm not really surprised because I'll be honest, I like the guy, but he's kind of kind of famous for that. He's a, he'll get into a guy and really sing his praises, but then trash him then and, and dump him too. He's, he's kind of the victim. He's a little bit of the... Um, the victim of the moment, and he's a little bit of a bandwagon type guy, too much. So he's a knowledgeable guy, but he also is impression impressionable. Let's say, I mean, we all are, right? To some degree, it's sports. It's an emotional thing. You get behind it. You see things. Some things excite you. And then when you see things that are bad, you think maybe he's bad. But nobody's saying that about Justin Herbert. Nobody's saying, huh? Maybe Herbert doesn't have it. You know, he was really good uh, last year. He really was. So now he doesn't look very good at all. He looks. Frankly, he had a game exactly like Kenny Pickett uh, Sunday night, uh, Justin Herbert did. They, I, lo- I showed their stats. They were pretty much identical. Um, and, they, and, and they had the same passer ratings and everything else. Like, um, So what, is Justin Herbert as bad as Kenny? If Kenny Pickett's so awful, is J- Justin Herbert awful? No, no, he just had an off game. Well, guess what? He's kind of having those pretty much all year. So is he suddenly just not that good? No, he's just going through a rough year. I, hey, look at Ben Roethlisberger. It was his, what, 2006, the year we won the Super Bowl. He had a terrible season. Go look at his stats. An entire season, he was bad. And that, that's after he looked fantastic for a number of seasons and already had won a Super Bowl. So, so look, even great look – at, look at Aaron Rodgers today, right now. He stinks. He looks terrible. He might, he might be washed up. It could, okay, it could be different for him. It could actually, he could actually be finished. But what I'm saying is other guys – they have whole seasons where they stink, and then they come back and they're great. Everybody does. Shit, even hockey, you know, Mario Lemieux, everybody has bad seasons. Uh, you know, McCutcheon, any, any local athlete that was a star here, they'll, they'll be great and then they'll have an off year, right? And then they come back and they're great again. It's going to happen. And so point is this. 
let's not ride the roller coaster. I believe in Kenny Pickett. We saw his attributes. He has the ability to do this. Right now, he had a big drop and drop down in some ways on Sunday, clearly because they had two weeks to teach him things to try to up his game, and they also drowned in a lot of, you know, fear in him. They put in a lot of fear, and when he tried to combine it all together and let his athletic ability take over, it didn't. He got a little too cappy feet and all that stuff, and and it's just because it's hard to learn under the gun. He's learning under the gun. You learn it all, but you can't practice. He can't practice that shit in practice. You see what I'm saying? Even a guitarist can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse in his own bedroom before he goes before a crowd. Can he pick it? He could go to 100 practices and he'll never really be able to practice how and when to throw the ball under pressure in the pocket. That's the kind, and to throw it accurately against defenders really trying to pick it off that could cost you a game. You can't practice that. You can't simu- simulate that. Uh, simulate, simulate. I got some problems with words tonight, folks. <laughs> simulate, simulate. What is it? Simulate. It might be simulate. Simulation. Yeah, not simulate. Simulate. Right. Yeah. Geez, maybe I'm just dying. I'm getting old. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's what I think is going on with Kenny Pickett, and I think it'll get better. And I think we need to just have faith. And and I'm not even predicting it'll look any better on Sunday. He could look just as bad on Sunday because it's, it's, it's going to take a while to learn that throwing downfield accurately and moving right in the pocket. Uh, when you're looking further downfield, he does a real good within a small window. Now we got to expand that window and have him do it good. And he will, it may be Sunday. You could see a night and day turnaround just this Sunday. Uh, or or it could be the Sunday after that, but it will be, I predict, it will be before the end of this year. Before the end of this year, Matt Williamson will be eating his words to imply that the, sh- the shitty things Kenny Pickett did on Sunday are who he is. Go to hell. I'm sorry, but it's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? You know, he has one game where things that we already know he can do well, suddenly he did them terrible, and, and that's who he is? He's the terrible guy? Because what? I don't know. But anyway... I told you why. I explained it. So how with Matt Williamson, pay me. I'm the scout. I'm the guy. I'm the whatever. I know what I'm talking about. Trust in me. And I, in turn, will trust in you. I love you. Yabba da boop